you're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, Azria family. Hello, Arizona. Guys, we have a special edition on today. So this episode normally wouldn't come out for another two weeks, but we have a special guest that we want to introduce to some and reaffiliate with others. So today we have Robin Thompson based out of Florida. She's originally from Waterbury, Connecticut. So she has that East Coast, but then she has the down South being from Florida. She is going to be our very special guest today, and we're going to be talking about fixing and flipping. And we're going to be talking about a class that she's going to be having coming up and short-term rental. So this is going to be, again, this is a special edition, so it's going to be a quick podcast, but we want you to get something out of it. So today, welcome to the show, Robin. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great, great, great. So we have Robin. We have my co-host, Mike Delpreet. So hello, Robin- hello. Hey, give us some a little background about you. How did you get started in real estate? I know pre-show, you and Mike were talking about Waterbury, Connecticut. So kind of give us a little bit of background about you. Well, I came out of college and went to work for IBM, same company that Alan Langston went to work for. I was with them in upstate New York and then transferred up to Southbury, Connecticut. I went to work one day, thought it was going to be an average day at the office, and they took 503 of us into a room and told us they were going to lay off 225 of us in the next few days. Wow. So I thought I was going to lose my job, had no money in the bank, didn't know what to do. So I started waiting tables at the Betsy Ross Diner, where I know he knows where that is. It was a <laughs> milestone in the city. Yes, uh, yes, started yes. scraping tip money together, and then my neighbors moved out one night in the middle of the night. And the place went to foreclosure, and I bought the condo for twenty-seven thousand when I had paid eighty thousand for mine. So that was my first real estate deal. Wow, wow! So, so help me figure this out. So you're working at the diner. You're still working at IBM. So you're working yep. two jobs around the clock, pretty much. Okay, okay. Where did you get the financing for that first condo, and what gave you the audacity to think, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to buy this property." Well, what happened is when I had paid 80000 for mine and I owed like 63000 on it, when it went to foreclosure, you know, we were all worried in the complex who was going to move in. And when they put it up for sale at $80,000, we are like, well, at least everybody's going to pay what we all did. Well, the problem is it was a down market, just like the recession market of 2008, 9, and 10. And with IBM laying everybody off, nobody was afraid to buy. So it just kept dropping in price from 80 to 70 to 60 to 40. And then finally, they decided to auction a whole bunch of properties in Waterbury and Hartford. And I went to the auction and won the thing at $27,500. And the good news is it only took 10% down as an investment property, which was $2,750. I had scraped up enough tip money having that under the mattress at home. So that's where the down payment came from. Good news is it cash flowed for a little over $350 a month. And I thought I was rich because that was my car payment. I figured that place is going to pay my car payment for life. Gotcha. So, so that was, I figured I was the richest IBMer on the planet with no car payment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where did you get the, where did you get your initial education to say, you know what, I'm going to buy this condo and rent it out? Because I had none. Okay. I had none. I was flying by the seat of my pants, which a bunch of people in this crazy market are, and they're paying way too much. I was lucky that I figured, well, you know, that one was so cheap you couldn't even build it for that, so it had to work. 
right. didn't really have a clue what I was doing. So it was trial and error for a while. In my first year goofing around, I did six houses with very little money. Really wow. cheap, low-end $30,000 stuff in the not-so-good neighborhoods. The next year when I started to find some hard money, you know, I was able to do a lot more. So there were 17 that I did my second year. And that's the year I quit my job at IBM. And then my third year, I did 51 when I found all the hard money I needed. So I did 51 deals in Waterbury on my third year and made just over seven figures. So it was a good turn of wow. events. Wow. But I, don't, I don't miss my corporate days by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> okay. So you went, you went from zero education as far as real estate to the school, school right. of hard knocks pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. To almost nearly 100 deals in three years. Wow, that's that's an amazing accomplishment, Robin. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. And I mean, that's one of the reasons when I'm out there with you guys in Phoenix, I want to make sure everybody learns how to build a really good contracting team. I stumbled with that for years, got my butt handed to me, dealing with guys that drink and do other stuff and wanted paid by the hour. I didn't know any better, so I got taken advantage of early on my first few years, but I still made some money, so that was good. Once I built a team of what I call mature grown-up adults, the guys who get paid by the job, and they get most of the money when they're finished. That's where the years solidify that you can really get a lot done. And so, you know, that's one of the things I look forward to is teaching everybody the mistakes I've made along the way with 450 some houses under belt now so that they don't have to struggle like I did. I think you made a really good point about how you did so many deals when you just got started. A lot of people feel like, hey, I need to get all my ducks in a row, right? Yeah. So I got to get this, this, this. So I like that you just trial and error. Obviously, you educated yourself, you learned from your mistakes, and you just kept moving forward, which allowed you to build that momentum. Well, one of the good things, too, is the first few houses I did did not need everything. They weren't complete gut jobs. And I tell everybody when you get started, you know, it's paint, carpet, maybe kitchen, bath, or paint, carpet, you know, roof. Mm -hmm. Now, once you get three or four of the contracting guys down path that they're good, then you do paint, carpet, kitchen, bath, roof, electrical windows. So you you don't want to take on a rehab that needs everything right now, especially yeah. with COVID because of the fact materials are a challenge to get. So it, you kind of got to walk before you run. So we want to make sure nobody jumps in over their head too far on the first go around either. And that's, that's really important, Robin, because that's one of the roadblocks, one of the major roadblocks people have is finding quality contractors. And you're mm -hmm. going to share that your experiences with us and you're going to share how to find those quality contractors so guys it's going to be really really important that you be with us when robin is here in town because again finding quality contractors is not easy so it's easier said than done yeah well and you know one of the things that alan has me doing is the drill down session on wednesday night when i'm out there and he's asked me specifically to cover that i am also going to bring an audio training for everybody to listen to called hire the best and fire the rest. And so that's my gift for everybody coming out to see me while I'm there in town. Okay, so, so, so just so everybody knows, that's Wednesday, September 15th. It's going to be at the venue 8600 in Scottsdale. And that's going to be an evening class, like six to eight. Yeah, that's a drill down, he said. So you're uh, coming from Florida. You're coming with education and you're coming with freebies. Wow, Robin, that's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for doing that for yeah, no worries. Uh, everybody that's going to be coming. So guys, you got to make sure you're there. This is not a sales pitch. This is not a pitch fest or anything like that. This is quality education that you need to have, especially in these turbulent times in the market where, you know, we're riding this wave up, but we don't know when it's going to start coming down. Mm -hmm. So you got to be prepared right now. 
So yeah, let's jump in. So like uh, Monday, September 13th, right? You're coming to the venue 8600 in Scottsdale. That's going to be the Arizona Real Estate Investing Association's monthly meeting, right? So right. we're so the 13th, that Monday night, we're going to be in Phoenix. And then Tuesday, September 14th, you'll be down in Tucson at the Association of Realtors. So could you just kind of cover what you'll be talking about that those sure. Yeah, Alan really wants me to focus on those two nights on rehabbing creates big checks. And I've done, like I said, over 450 deals now. What I want to make sure everybody understands is how to find high profit deals in this crazy market. I mean, I live in Florida. We have 900 people a day moving here. It's not just like it is out where you guys are. They got people paying too much or untrained. And, and so I know there are ways to find high profit deals. I call it going away from the herd of where everybody else is looking. So we're going to start with that. Once we get through that, the next thing I want to do is teach them how to build a good contracting team so they understand where to find these folks so that they can actually get the job done on price and then on budget and also quick. I mean, one of the biggest challenges is getting materials in in time. So we're going to talk about how to, how to get that scheduled a lot quicker, where you can get stuff, what you can't get right now that's way behind, like Windows takes three and a half months right now to get a hold of. So I want to make sure everybody understands how to move that construction process along in COVID times. Because every day you hold a house, you lose money. And, and time is money in this business. So faster you can get a house sold, uh, you know, selling right now is not the challenge, but once you get it to market, it's gone in a day or two, you get that money and that profit back in, you get to do it again. So we want to work on getting the velocity of your money turning two and a half times a year, not getting it into a house and wait three and a half months on windows, and then you only get one house a year done. So we got to work on that for sure. And then whatever time we have left, I'll talk about the wows, the sexy sizzle features I put in a house to make it drop dead gorgeous. I think some folks could uh, use some help with that because I don't think they put enough in it to set their house apart from everybody else's. Okay. With a lot of new construction here in Florida, I'm buying a house that's 10 or 20 years old. New construction is my competition, so I have to beat that in order to get me to sell at the price of new construction or higher. So I want to go over what I use and what I do that doesn't cost an arm and a leg to make the house really, really better than new construction so it moves. Okay. Any quick tips on that you could share with us that makes a house move? Well, you know, one of the things for me is I use a lot of natural stone and travertine, not necessarily okay. porcelain tile at Lowe's or Home Depot. Travertine runs about a dollar more a foot. Mm-hmm. But if you use some of the bigger pieces like the nine inch by 18s and stack them one on top of each other with what we call a zero grout line. What happens is it looks like one solid piece of stone in the shower. And so I can do a bathroom and spend $1,000 more than you or $1,500 more than you. And the women or the buyers, they fall in love with my bathroom and yours looks like plain old vanilla Home Depot. Uh, I'm going to kick your butt every single time. And I think that's important. I think, you know, people have to realize what the buyers are looking for. They're looking for something they've never seen. And when they see it, they're like, this is it. And they don't argue on price and they'll pay over full price. That's where you want to be. And I can, I can definitely attest to making sure you have your products lined up and everything like that, because I'm in the midst of a flip myself right now. And we had to order our appliances like two months ago to make sure that, that they're here pre-closed. Yep. And mm-hmm. for people that are not experienced, they won't understand that and they won't know that. And that's one of the things that you're going to share with us when you're here is that timeline of when to make sure you have your products and materials on site. And guys, you can't wait. Till the last minute and think, okay, now I'm going to go out and buy appliance packages and think you're going to get it next week. Yeah, those hard money payments come quick. <laughs> and they're big. For those folks using hard money, that interest rate yeah. is a, 
an ugly number for sure. Well, and, and just to give you an idea, I just finished up a house and I just did $300,000 in renovations too. So it, there was a lot of movement pieces. It was dang near a teardown. I needed everything from insulation to drywall to vanities to granite to sinks. So that's why, you know, I just went through all of this where COVID is right now with all the shortages. So that's why my contractor and I have worked that system very well. So I'll make sure I share all the secrets while I'm there. Okay. okay. So, so starting from your beginning, Robin, did you mm -hmm. ever think that you will be designated the queen of rehab when you started Heck no. one condo? No. And that was not a, a name that I chose for myself. Ronald Grand is one of my mentors. Oh, okay. The year that I did 51 houses in Waterbury and he found out, he kind of started calling me that and it stuck. Um, I mean, obviously his, his motto was, if you can renovate those houses in New England in the middle of blizzards and get them yeah. done, you can do it anywhere. And, and I will tell you, rehabbing in Florida is a lot easier than Connecticut because the houses are not nearly as old. I mean, a lot of my houses up north were done between, they were built between 1895 and 1910. The housing stock here in Ocala, where my horse ranch is at, is not nearly as old as what it was in Connecticut. So we move along the construction a lot quicker here. So that's how I got nicknamed it. You know, it's stuck. It's not one I pick for myself, and I tell everybody it's not drug rehab or alcohol rehab when they call me the <laughs> rehab. So just want to make sure everybody's coming out to the right meeting for sure. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. That's a that's a uh, Ron's a, a legend, so that's pretty impressive. To get that nickname from him. That's awesome. Must, yeah, him and I go way back. So I took some of his trainings about twenty five years ago when I get into this, and you know he always gives me a big hug and says you're the best rehabber I ever produced, and you're a girl. So he likes to make fun of me on that. One a <laughs> So, and that's one of the things that I was going to mention, Robin, is that you, you're not a novice. You haven't been doing this for five, you know, seven years. You've been doing this for over 25 years. So it's not like when people come out to hear you, you're just talking about, you know, things Last that week. you recently explored. Exactly. This is from 25, over 25 years of experience. So you, you know, the shifting cycles and the ups yes. and the downs and all of the roadblocks and the pitfalls. Yeah, I've been, I went through 2008, 9, and 10. I'm proud to say I did not lose any houses. I still have 800 credit scores. I didn't have any short sales, but boy, did I watch a lot of my students go flip-flop upside down. I'm probably one of the most conservative investors that people meet. I'm a big fan of not spending all the money I make and saving it for a rainy day. So the pandemic, when it hit, a lot of people went berserk. I was pretty calm going through, you know, the last two years, knowing that, you know, the market could have dropped and went back to a recession at any point in time. And I'm prepared for it. You know, it's interesting to watch the market because I agree with you. It's not going to stay like this. Yep. That's for sure. With what's going on in our political situation, if we get into a war in this country or we have a 9-11 hit again, then we could see a recession right around the corner, I think. So with something you could share, like, you know, talking about everything we've been talking about so far, someone newer. Um, to the real estate business. Obviously, this isn't before all levels. Everyone be at this and learn something. But someone new, it might be overwhelming, right? Like Marcus and I, we've been in the business 10 years. And okay. there's a few key things I think that it, it takes to be in that, but it be in our business that long. So what, what is something you would share to someone new? Well, someone, new someone new that's brand new, here's the first thing I tell you. The first time buyers in this world, they buy in a recession or a boom. Because they're going from apartments to their first house. And it's always better to go from an apartment to your first little house. So your FHA first-timers and your VA first-timers, mm -hmm. um, all those folks want to buy a house entry level. So if you don't get crazy and get up into the real high stuff above the median price, 
you'll be fine riding through a recession. So okay. you just leave a, you just budget a little high on repairs. And then if we do have a dip, you've got some cushion in the numbers. That's the mm -hmm. first thing. I think everybody ought to have a little bit of reserve. So if you find a deal and you wholesale it, you give it to somebody else to make 10 grand, I would stick four or five of it away in reserves and just build up a little safety net. That's the challenge I saw when the pandemic hit. Everybody was in the free food line the first week. They had no money for groceries literally five days after the pandemic kicked on. Yeah. And I mean, I, we got to quit living paycheck to paycheck on fumes. When we do make money on houses, we got to save some because you never know when you're going to have an up cycle and a down cycle. So I'm ready for the down cycle. So I made more money when it hit the bottom last time than I ever did in my 25 years. So when it hits bottom, that's when you buy. Now is when you sell or exchange into bigger stuff. And I have done a lot of exchanging in the last couple of years into vacation rentals, which is the easiest real estate investing I've ever seen and the most profitable by far. So on my okay. buy and hold to my passive income, the vacation rentals have been, been phenomenal over the last three years. So staying in the game, saving, saving some money, being prepared, educating yourself, and buying it right. Well, and not getting into a house that you're rehabbing where they have to sell a house to buy yours. So let me give you an example. The rehab I just finished. I paid $195,000 for it. It was a complete mess on six acres, 4,000 square foot house that had been abandoned for about six years. I had to put over $300,000, just a little over $300,000 into her. So I was into the house for a half a million cash out of my pocket. Well, her sales price was $800,000 is what I sold it for. But somebody's buying an $800,000 house has a house to sell to buy that one, mm -hmm. right? So the people that were selling their house were coming from Lexington, Kentucky. They were doctors. Okay. But then somebody else had to sell their house to buy the doctor's house. So we had three mortgages that had to go through to get my house bought. Okay. And if the recession drops, then you've got three house prices dropping, right? Yeah. And somebody's going to get scared and go, oh, no, my stocks aren't worth as much. I'm out. So anytime people are selling a really nice house to buy another really nice house, that's the market that dies in the middle of a recession. There's no activity going on. So just stay out of that. Yeah. Go, go your entry level, medium, three bedroom, two bath house, first time beginner's house. That's what's safe. And that's where you play ball in the recession. And I see like what you said about the three mortgages and that's three different banks. That's like three yeah. different terms, three different decision makers. It just- Three different sick. appraisals, three different inspections. It closed, but it took 90 days. And believe me, even at my level, waiting on $800,000 to come into my account, I was still sitting there counting minutes till it was over. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention mowing six and a half acres of grass is a lot of work in the summertime here in Florida. We have, and it, it, the deal's not done until leaving the account, right? Exactly. There's a season investors. <laughs> yep, that not until it's funded. True. Not until right. it's funded. I even had a situation where I had someone say, hey, we overpaid. Like, so you have to take it out sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so okay, cool. So that's September 13th, Phoenix Monthly Meeting. September 14th in Tucson. We briefly discussed Wednesday, September 15th, the drill down, how to find the best contractors. The next is the weekend. Yep. So you want to talk about Saturday, September 18th? Sure. We got Saturday and Sunday. So we have two days. Saturday is junkers. Okay. Now, what we call the junker house business, where you find a house that's beat up and needs work. You, you go ahead and renovate it, and then you sell it and make a profit. So we're going to cover every aspect of that. So I'm going to start out in the morning with marketing, spend about two hours on how to find deals in today's marketplace. Love go it. ahead and give you um, my out-of-state owner direct mail marketing campaign and go through all that okay. so you know how to find them. Then what I want to do is the nine types of houses to never buy. 
I mean, yes, the market is slamming right now, but you really got to watch because if we start to have a slight turn down, there's definitely houses that don't move when it starts to slow. So I want to make sure everybody knows what they are and to avoid them, especially if you decide to keep a house. The last thing you want something that doesn't sell in a recession and you kept it and then you need to sell it. So we need to keep everybody out of that. We'll go ahead and build a contractor team. There's eight mature grown-up adults are going to need. I'll go over that team of eight and how they interact with each other. Then what we'll do is go ahead and talk about where are the seven places to find the best contractors and how to pre-screen those guys. And I also want to go over a very strong independent contractor agreement that holds each of those fellows accountable. So you know how to make sure that they don't get ahead on money and behind on work. Because that's the biggest problem I see is most beginners get way too much to start, way too much in the middle, and they have no power on the backside. So we need to make sure you understand how to run this construction team to the finish line. And we'll go through that. Then I'll go through my walls, the sexy sizzle features to make a house drop day gorgeous. If the students need those SKU numbers and stuff from Home Depot, I don't have any problems giving them the detailed list of that. Okay, um, I'm sure Alan will let me know if I need to print all that out for Saturday for everybody, but I don't mind giving it to them if it's, you know, helps their shopping and cuts the time down, so be it. Yeah. Uh, and then whatever time we have left, we'll do the wows and the sexy sizzle features and then talk about how to push a buyer through the mortgage process so you don't have somebody getting denied their mortgage halfway through. So that's Saturday. So that's all about junkers and converting them to cash. That's once you learn the, once you learn the, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it'll go from nine to about six. So that day goes pretty long. Now, once you start making the cash out of the junker business, you're going to want to go passive income with it. Okay. And one of the things that Alan heard, he heard that I bought 20 some vacation rentals and I've been doing really good with them. We've had 1500 bookings this year. I'm managing it myself with my assistant, Jez. They've done really, really well with it. And I have stuff as low as $99 a night with Airbnb, as high as $725 a night. And so he's asked me to come in and really teach that top to bottom. Mm -hmm. So what makes a good vacation rental? How do you analyze those guys? How do you set up a cleaning team? What are your procedures when you build one versus when you buy one? Because I did build a brand new one from scratch. So wait, wait, uh, wait. Black. Pause, pause, Robin. Pause. Because <laughs> I don't want to gloss over this. Yeah. So you're doing all of this and it's just you and one other person, you and your... Well, here's what you understand. The vacation rental stuff, if you set it up right on Airbnb and VRBO, the two big sites, right? Yep. And you turn on Instabooking, mm -hmm. people don't need to talk to you to book it. Like I had a booking for next year for 4th of July at $725 a night. They looked at the house, loved the pictures, saw there was 85 star reviews. I filled out the listing completely top to bottom and they booked it. I won't have any interaction with those folks till two or three days before they go to check in and just tell them, hey, here's how you get in. And that's, the reason, and that's the reason why I ask you that is because a lot of people believe that they have to have this massive team and they have to have everything, but, but you don't. No. Okay, no. great. No, if I did, I would like not have hair left on my head because <laughs> the vacation rental business to run all 25 of mine takes me about two to two and a half hours a day max. And that's me doing more than I need to. I've yeah. got my hands in it a lot more than most business owners would just because I like it. I mean, like Black Bear Lodge, I built that house. And so I went shopping for all the bears, the bear lamps, the bear artwork, the bear comforters. You know, so, I mean, I could have delegated that off my secretary, but I like doing it. So the house right. came out gorgeous. It, you know, it did close to a hundred grand in the last 12 months. So it's rocking and rolling. So I'm looking at building a couple more next year. So I love that. The vacation rental business, the big thing that everybody needs to understand is it makes three times what a normal rental property would make. And so we're going to talk, talk a lot about normal rentals. 
you know, your low-end rentals, your high-end rentals. I had a lot of houses I rented on the golf courses to high-end tenants. They did really, really well too, but nothing is setting a blaze of fire like the vacation rental, short-term nightly rental business. Okay. It's just the easiest, most profitable business I've seen in 25 years of anything I've looked at in real estate. So, and I'm hooked all in. So I want to share what I've learned over the last three years as I do over a million and a half a year in bookings. So everybody can build it. I mean, I started out with all the same fears and scared as everybody else. Why would I do this? Why do I want to wash sheets behind somebody coming in in a house two, three times a week? Who's going to clean it? You know, who's going to book it? Why would they want to book it when it's out of town and, you know, not close to restaurants, but they do. So I went through all the fears that every entry level investor does when they get into something. I'm way beyond it now. What I can tell you is give me all you got because the right ones are super profitable and the profitable ones are not where you think. That's what's funny. Everybody thinks, oh, profitable Scottsdale at the top of the market and I can't afford it. Not necessarily. Close to a hospital is a big thing. You know, people that are in for kidney transplant or heart transplant, they got to be there for like two or three months. They don't want a hotel for that long. Check this out. I have a very good friend here in Mesa. Arizona, he had rent, had a house with a casita in the back, like a one bedroom mm-hmm. house. And um, he was renting it out to a, general, a normal cash tenant up front. And he just decided to throw it on Airbnb and VRBO in the back, remodeled it, made it look nice. The first year he made 30 grand on the back unit. Yep. Was, and he didn't know why, but he realized it was people were getting surgeries at the hospital walking distance. So it's better to go there than stay at a hotel. Yep, they can cook. They got laundry facility for that long. Yeah. Traveling nurses are another great one. I got traveling nurses in one of mine. There's 90 days. And you know they're clean freaks. They're not going to party like rock stars. They're just so tired after COVID that they just come home and go to sleep. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely. So Monday. So Sunday's the the buy and hold class. So it's the massive passive wealth building class. Okay. Yep, and you, and you have the option. You could either, well, obviously it makes sense to learn how to go from junkers to millions class, take the money, roll it over into the buy and hold and vacation rental. So to go to both classes, um, and I think you have the option to either go one or the other if you choose. So, Right, or both, right? He's doing that? Yeah. Okay, great. Yes. I left that all up to Alan. I left that all up to Alan. Okay. And then there is bonuses for that class too. You know, the big question I get all the time is like, when you buy one of these, what all do you have to put in there? So I've got a shopping list, what I call the vacation rental shopping list. So you go to Walmart one time, hit from top to bottom and have every single thing right down to the silverware. So that yeah. saves you running around. The other thing, the most important people that in the vacation rental piece as far as teammates are, is your cleaning team. And I've got a killer cleaning team out in Branson, Missouri, where a lot of mine are. They're 1,100 miles away from where I live. So I'm going to lay out the cleaning team procedures list, which is 48 items. You've got to demand them to do. And they have to do that checklist after every house. Because a lot of mine check out at 10 o'clock in the morning and I got people coming in at four, especially like right now coming into a holiday weekend. So that house, you know, a six bedroom that sleeps 20 people has to turn between 10 a.m. and four and you don't want anything missed. So the, what we call the quick flip cleaning procedures is important to everybody. And I'm going to go ahead and bring those too. Matter of fact, we just printed them out for everyone. So, so we're packing that stuff to ship it all out. So I think those are probably the two most valuable handouts in the vacation rental business I could give them. Okay. So, so Mike, give us the dates and the times again and the location. That way we can make sure everybody is going to be there. Guys, you have to be there. Over 25 years of experience right here. And we're talking about from nuts to bolts from just getting started all the way to doing millions. So Mike, give us those dates once again. 
Monday, September 13th at the Phoenix Monthly Meeting at Venue 8600. Tuesday, September 14th in Tucson at the Association of Realtors. And we got the drill down September 15th, Wednesday night at Venue 8600. That's going to how to find the best contractors. And then Saturday, September 18th, Junkers the Millions. Sunday, September 19th, how to build uh, massive passive income from rentals and vacation rentals, all at the Venue 8600. Oh, good. It's all the same place. Yeah, very. make it easy for you. I'm excited to meet you in person. I know uh, Patrick, one of our subgroup leaders, he went through all your courses a few years back. He has had nothing but great things to say about it. So awesome. Thank you for your time today. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Robin. We definitely have testimonials that we can share. Guys, you can go to our website, asria.org, and you can find all of the information about the event, the times, dates, the locations. And we look forward to seeing you there and getting the opportunity to meet Robin in person. Come on, meet the queen of rehab. There you go. I'll see you guys shortly. It's not going to be far off. It's what, just about a week out now? A little over a week? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. I've always really enjoyed the students in Arizona. They seem to be the big go-getters. And I think that comes directly from Alan. Because, I mean, he was spectacular at IBM. He far surpassed my job when I was there. And I think that's a direct reflection on Alan. He really brings out the students who get the job done. And so I look forward to teaching you everything I've learned. And, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you and share some of the things that I did wrong. There's no reason for anybody to make the mistakes I did. I'd just sooner teach you than you end up going down the wrong path on some of this stuff. We're also going to do some good deal structuring, too, while we're there. I think that'll be important for everybody. Okay. Love it. Great, great, great. So as Rhea family, don't meet us there, beat us there. We look forward to seeing you there in the building, September 13th, 14th, and 18th and 19th. Again, go to the website. All of that information is there, and you know what to do. Get out there and move at the speed of action. So thank you, Robin. And You're welcome. Thank you. welcome everyone to be there. Thank you, Mike. All right, Mike. I'll see you guys. See you. Bye -bye. Thank you both. Thanks for listening to The Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.